I have a survival guide for all of you photographers listening, and it's Pixello. Pixello is a mobile-friendly, all-in-one software that helps photographers get it done with one simple plan. Pixello wants to help you build a successful business all in one place. We all know the feeling of trying to find time to get everything done. Shoots, editing, finding time for your personal life. Well, Pixello is here to save your sanity this busy season. Pixello can help you with anything from business coaching to client booking, galleries, and more. They also have a new business mastermind program where you can take part in easy to follow classes and be a part of a very engaged community of photographers that will help you build a successful photography business. Sign up for a free Pixello trial by using the link in the episode notes. That's P-I-C-S-E-L-L-O and use the link in the episode notes for a free trial of Pixello. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Expose my mind to clarity Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity No wisdom rushing in So much clearer now Getting a little bit higher If I take, I'm getting good Getting a little bit better I'm climbing to the top Never gonna stop I'm getting good, oh Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. Today is a good episode because we have a guest on today's episode. I'm actually just meeting her for the first time, so this is going to be exciting. Um, Today's guest is Maya Nicole. I actually found her on TikTok, so I was like, hey, do you want to come on my podcast? And (laughs) here we are. So Maya, why don't you go ahead and say hi to everyone and introduce, introduce yourself and kind of Give people the lowdown on who you are and like what you do for a living. Awesome. I am so excited to be here. I've actually followed you, Cassidy, for gosh, I think over a year now. So actually I've I've known you in in the photography space for quite some time. I don't consider myself a photographer, but I have a camera. I pick it up every once in a while. So I actually, I follow you because I love everything that you do. And I've actually sent quite a few photographers your way. So I am so excited to be here. Um, As Cassidy said, I am Maya Nicole and I am an Instagram growth coach. And recently within like the last six months, I've also transitioned recently. I already said recently, recently I have transitioned (laughs) into the business coaching space as well, specifically for service-based business owners. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. Okay, cool. I would love for you to dive into kind of how you got started in your business, like kind of where literally where it started and kind of the steps that you took to get it to where it is today. Yeah, for sure. So my story really starts back in, really like November of 2019. So in November of 2019, I had recently gotten to the nursing program at my university and I got an email from my university and they were like, basically, you know, congratulations for getting in, but also basically you're not going to have a life. So good luck having a job. And as everyone knows, life is expensive. And so I was like, this is not going to work out. I need a job. Um, you know, I know I can't clock into a, a nine to five while I'm going to school, but I wanted to still be able to support myself and have money coming in. So I started looking for other jobs that I didn't have a clock in and out of. And so I was talking to my husband. We were very recently married at the time and Instagram just, well, I mean, just phones in general. It it just heard me talking about, oh, I need a flexible job. And so I started getting these targeted ads on Instagram and on social (laughs) media of uh, flexible jobs. And I came across one of them one day on my stories and it was basically everything I was looking for. It was like, are you a college student looking for a flexible job where you can kind of, you know, take things at your own pace, do things on your own schedule. 
So I was like, yeah, that is literally me. So for the first time really ever, um, at that point, Instagram got me, I swiped up on that ad, I filled out the application and it just so happened to be that the person who actually put out the application was also going to the same university as me. So we met up, uh, we went to Starbucks, had a little drink and she explained to me what it was and that was network marketing. And so I joined and I got started in network marketing and I did that for about a year and a half. And then after about a year and a half the the reason why there came about a transition wasn't because I was looking for another option um, I really never even saw myself being an Instagram coach or a business coach like that was like never the plan whatsoever what ended up happening is I saw all these people who were growing on Instagram doing 30-day real challenges so I was like, well, I'm running a business on social media and I know that if I grow my following, more visibility potentially means more money. And mm-hmm. so I started my 30 day real challenge after seeing other people grow. Basically, I saw people who were growing thousands, if not tens of thousands of followers from these 30 day real challenges. Cause this was very early on when reels had just become a thing. And so there were people who were blowing up on Instagram. And so I started this 30 day real challenge with high hopes of growing tens of thousands of followers so I could grow my network marketing business and nothing happened. <laughs> so I carried on for another 30 days. Cause I was like, well, I'm not going to give up 30 days. Isn't that much time. So I carried on for another 30 days, six, 60 reels, 60 days. I had grown like a couple hundred followers, but not a whole lot at that point. So I carried on for another 30 days. So I'm 90 reels, 90 days, plus around like 30 other posts, like 30 carousel posts, like really 120 posts in 90 days. By the end of that 90 day period, I still really hadn't grown, but I continued on for another two weeks after that. And I actually grew from 4K to 10K in a two week time period. I got the swipe up link. I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I am the shiz. Um, And then, of course, everyone started getting links on Instagram quite quickly after that. Um, But at the time I was like, I am the coolest person ever because I have the swipe up link. (laughs) So I hit 10K and my growth didn't slow down. I thought it was going to, I was like, I hit 10K. This is really all I ever really wanted, but it didn't slow down. And I just continued to grow and grow and grow. And so throughout that entire journey of me doing the 30 day, 60 day, 90 day real challenge, I was sharing my experience with growing on Instagram. And it wasn't because I, again, I ever wanted to become like an Instagram coach or anything like that. I was just like, Hey, there might be someone else out there who's looking to grow on Instagram and they might be curious too. So I started sharing some tips and tricks, some hacks, things like that. And so when I grew from 4k to 10k, my direct messages started to fill up real quickly of all these other small businesses who were saying, you know, I'm struggling to grow on Instagram. Can you help me? And I was like, Hey, join my network marketing team. And they're like, but I already have a business. Like I don't want to join your network marketing team. And I was like, Oh, that kind of makes sense. So what I ended up doing is I ended up creating an ebook and I launched one-on-one coaching. And I was just like, let's just, let's just see where this goes. I don't really know if anything's going to come of it. Um, but a lot of things came of it. And I actually, after being booked out from one-on-one coaching after about two weeks of promoting it, I decided to put my network marketing on pause and go dive deep headfirst into this to see where it would take me. And um, it's taken me in a lot of places that I never even imagined being. And so my Instagram following just continued to grow and grow and grow. I'm at like 230K now on Instagram. I've been able to scale from basically 1K months to 150K months. Um, in terms of income, I have all sorts of offers. I have courses and memberships. I've been able to teach people across the world. Um, I have a podcast that's launching. So kind of like people ask me all the time, they're like, well, how did it get started? Like, how did, how did you know you wanted to become an Instagram coach? And I was like, that that was never the plan. It kind of just Mm -hmm. happened. So that's my story. Cool. Okay. So I have a question about your network marketing thing. Can you like actually explain what that is? Because I'm a little confused as to like what that like literally like I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So network marketing, people also call it like social selling. So if you've heard social selling, 
usually it's people who are like kind of scared to talk about the fact that they're in network marketing. So they call it social selling, basically the exact same thing. So there's really two parts to network marketing. So the first part is that you are selling products. There's a bunch of different network marketing companies. The network marketing company that I was with was Monet. So we were selling hair and skincare products. So you sell those. That's one part of it. And then the other Mm -hmm. part of it is that you grow a team of people to basically do the same. And so inside Mm -hmm. of that team of people, not only are you uh, like, obviously the, the structure, <laughs> let me, I'm just going to straight out say it. I'm just going to straight out say it. Most people think that this is like a, uh, a scheme, like a mm-hmm. multi, it's called multi-level marketing, but people yeah. think that it's like a pyramid scheme. It's not okay. a pyramid scheme. Not being said though, there is like, you do make money off of like your downline. And so mm-hmm. you, as the person who signs on the people to your team are in charge of, you know, training them and helping them to grow their own business. So that's basically the two parts to network marketing. You're selling the products, depending on the company that you're in, it's going to be different products and then you're growing a team of people. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So at first when you were starting your business on Instagram, you were posting about Monet to start and that were you still posting about that when you went from 4k to 10k or did you at that point start transitioning over to posting about like Instagram and like growth and stuff like that? Yeah. So it was, it was probably about 50, 50 at that point. So I was okay. still posting about it. Um, cause I, at that point I didn't, I hadn't really like decided that I was going to go into like the Instagram coaching space at that point. And so I, I kind of had like my toes, one foot in, in, in the door and one foot out the door at that point. Mm-hmm. And I was still like, for me, network marketing, I, I really, really, really loved network marketing. I loved the people that I was working with. I loved the products that I was selling. I still use the products to this day. And So that was never my plan again to like go into the Instagram space. It was more just something where people were asking me for help. And I was like, this is an opportunity to help more people. And it was very similar to what I had really been doing inside of network marketing anyways, because I had a team of people that I was training on social media on how to sell on how to, you know, increase your visibility. So it was like, it was something that was very, very familiar to me inside of, because I was doing it inside of network marketing where I was like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I might as well just offer this to people outside of network marketing too. So it was about half and half. Okay. It's so cool how like different like jobs and different experiences kind of lead you to a point where you're like, Oh, this is actually where I love to be. So like for me, I was doing a lot of like event photography and stuff before I got into like weddings and then education. But like, I literally would have never even started doing weddings if I hadn't started with event photography, you know, and it's like in the moment you don't really feel like, Oh, this job is going to lead somewhere else for me that I'm actually really going to love. Like it's kind of hard to have that foresight, but it's cool to see in your story, how it was kind of the same, how you started with, um, one thing. And then it led to something else that ended up being like, so fruitful and like very just like thriving successful for you I think that's really cool yeah and I something I forgot to mention in my story too is I actually ended up dropping out of nursing school to take my network marketing business full-time and so I I just look back on my journey and I'm like if I hadn't said yes to network marketing then I would not be where I am today like I would probably would have just graduated nursing school and I wouldn't have I wouldn't be in the position that I am today. And also like along the way, it wasn't just network marketing. I actually started working with like a startup company doing social media for them. So it's just like so cool to like look back on like every single thing where it's like every step totally led me to where I am today. And if I had said no to one opportunity or if I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, like I'm too cool for that. Like, you know, again, if you, if I had just said no, I just wouldn't be here. And that's just so mind boggling to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really, really cool. You kind of have to like, I kind of think of like when I work with brands, like sometimes you kind of have to take a low offer so that you can have like a long lasting relationship with someone. I have two brands specifically that I work with a lot and it started with me saying yes to a, a an offer that I typically wouldn't like it was a lower yeah. price than I would have charged. But since then I've done like, you know, five or six projects with them. And like every time that number gets raised up and up and up because you start to establish a relationship with them. So I feel like 
you kind of have to like, you know, sometimes sacrifice a little, but then, you know, it will pay off in the end. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I think I want to get into social media and talking about some strategies and things. Um, so like I mentioned, I found you on TikTok. So I want to talk about TikTok first. Um, I guess like kind of walk me through your approach to TikTok and kind of like your mindset when it comes to TikTok, maybe a few of like your strategies and just like, yeah, give me the down low on what you think about TikTok. So I, as you can probably guess, as an Instagram coach, started out on Instagram. (laughs) I wasn't on any other platform besides Instagram up until really a year ago. So I grew my Instagram following to 100,000 followers before I ever dipped my toes into any other platform. Now I'm on TikTok. I'm also on Pinterest. Um, Eventually, I can see myself getting into YouTube. But those are the platforms that I started to dive into once I hit 100K. And the reason for that isn't necessarily like, oh, you have to get to 100K on Instagram before you can dive into other platforms. For me, it was like, I really want to focus on one thing. And then once I got to a place in my business and also on social media where I had more streamlined systems and processes, I was like, actually, I have time now to spend on other platforms. Or in my case, I also started to hire people to actually manage my other platforms. So I'm the only person on my Instagram... Instagram account. No one else is like in my DMs, my comments, nothing like that. I'm the one who's solely on my Instagram account, but I am basically not at all on any of my other social media platforms. So when I very first started on TikTok, I was the one on TikTok. I was creating content specifically for TikTok and, um, it was going pretty well. Like I was growing, I think at that point, um, by through consistency of like 60 ish days where I was posting basically like on a daily basis, I think I grew to like 20,000 followers from basically zero. So that was, I was like, Oh yeah, this is really great. What I realized though, is in, in my personal business, I wasn't seeing a huge return from the time that I was spending on TikTok. Most of my clientele base, most of the people that I, were actually paying me for what I was doing was coming from Instagram. And I re- recognize the power of TikTok in terms of, you know, more visibility, more brand awareness. There's still, it's still very, very important. And I still obviously utilize it to this day. But because I did that time experiment where, you know, I grew to 20K and I was really looking at like where the money was coming in. Cause as a business owner, that's really important to make sure that you're spending time in places that are actually like giving results. Um, I took a step back and I actually handed off my Instagram account to my virtual assistant. And so all that I do on TikTok is I will sometimes check it on, I don't know, maybe once a week, maybe twice a month. (laughs) I don't check Mm -hmm. it very, very often. She's the one that is repurposing all of my content from Instagram onto TikTok. So I don't have like a really solid TikTok strategy. I don't, Mm -hmm. because of that, I don't really teach TikTok. I think that there's a lot of power to TikTok. And I think there's a lot of people who are making a lot, a lot, a lot of money on TikTok. But I think at the end of the day, do I think that like your main focus needs to be on five different social media accounts in order to build a very successful business? No. Do I think that it is smart to have your feet in a few other places as you do grow your business just for like the security purpose of like what happens if Instagram goes down? It's like, I have other platforms to connect with my people. Same thing Mm -hmm. with like email marketing, same thing with like your podcast, for example, like you have a bunch of places to connect with people. So I think that it's very, Mm -hmm. very smart. And that's also great in terms of brand awareness, because when people see that you are on all these different platforms, it does create more trust and more credibility for your brand. But at the end of the day, like I think that focus on one thing and then repurpose onto other platforms. So that's kind of where my, my strategy is, which is not really a strategy. It's more so just taking what I'm doing on Instagram and moving it over. Right. I mean, it, it is a strategy in the sense of it's like working harder or working smarter, not harder. Because if you already have the content, um, you know, why not just yeah. put it on TikTok? Um, are you creating your videos on Instagram then? And then like, are you using like TikTok text or like how, how does the actual creation process work? Because I know like if you post Instagram like text, like the actual fonts that are from Instagram onto TikTok, a lot of the times that like tanks your performance. So like what, what's the deal for you? 
Yeah. So I, my virtual assistant and I have experimented with a few different things. So usually what I will do is when I, cause I film everything, not everything, like 98% of the content that I do for Instagram is filmed inside of Instagram. I will just save that video without any text on it. I will then upload it into, we use like a, I don't even know what it's called. iPhone, like folder that's like a shared oh, folder on iPhone. Yeah, like a shared album. Yeah. 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 So that's where I will then upload it and then she'll find that audio on TikTok or something else that's like similar to it. Just to kind of depends. If it's like obviously like a, a voiceover, we want to match up those audios. But if it's mm-hmm. just like a, a B-roll type of uh video where, you know, it doesn't really matter what the audio is, sometimes we'll just find whatever's trending on TikTok and add that in the background. So okay. that's mainly the process there. Sometimes I will forget to save it and upload it before I post it onto Instagram. At that mm. point, usually what we do is we'll upload it into TikTok. So like we'll use, um, uh, I'm trying to think snap Insta to take okay. off the watermark and upload it into TikTok, And then we'll just add TikTok text over the top of the Instagram text. And okay. so there's definitely, and again, I'm definitely not a TikTok expert whatsoever, but there's definitely a benefit to having like the actual text done inside of TikTok so that it could be used for like, I think SEO is the correct terms. So like people can search it and find you through that. And like the, in terms of the algorithm, that's really important. Um, so like having those keywords inside of your content and also inside mm-hmm. of your caption. And so yeah. I, I've even experimented too, where I use the Instagram text, but then I like type in some keywords and I just hide it in like the bottom corner. And so I've experimented with a few different things, but since TikTok isn't like my main focus, we just, we just do what works best with what we have. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Cool. Um, okay. So let's talk about Instagram then because you love it. I love it. So let's talk about it. Um, so you teach about like Instagram reels and, um, I guess like that, like you have a lot of content about reels and stuff. So kind of give me some of your 2023 strategies for reels and just for Instagram in general. Like what do you think listeners should implement this year? Good question. So my strategy moving into 2023, I basically burned down my strategy that I had been using for a year and a half that grew me to 200,000 followers. And I started from scratch and this is just me personally, but The reason why I'm sharing this is because I was posting not necessarily a reel every single day, but I was posting on Instagram six times a week for about a year and a half. And that is what grew me to 200,000 followers. But there was basically like a four to five month period at the end of 2022 where my Instagram growth was almost stagnant. And so moving into 2023, I was like, I just want to try something new. So right now I'm actually only posting three times a week, sometimes four times a week on Instagram instead of six times a week. And, um, that has actually been helping me to pick back up in terms of growth. And also I think it's been really, really great for me as well, because I think as business owners, it is hard to balance the content creation side of things with the business side of things. And like, obviously the content creation side can help drive, you know, business growth, but it's like, if you focus on one more than the other, then usually one tanks more than the other. It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to focus on my business. And it's like, okay, I'm focusing less on my content, but now because I'm focusing less on my content, I don't have as much visibility. And now people aren't moving into my business where it's like, Oh, I'm going to focus on my content. And then you're not focusing on your business. And then, you know, you're not making as much money. So there's definitely a balance there. And so I feel like I have really now found a great balance for me personally with like the content creation side and the business side of things. But I just wanted to share that because I think a lot of times people do think that they do have to post on Instagram every single day in order to grow. And so I experimented with it and that's definitely not the case. And I have a bunch of people inside of my offers that also don't post every single day and they've been able to see growth. So going back to reels and like predictions and things like that, I mean, in general, what we see on TikTok usually comes over to Instagram, not just, not just trending audio. Like we know that for a fact, but like in terms of like larger trends of like how people are actually creating their content comes over to Instagram within usually six to eight months. And so on 
TikTok, there's a bunch of content that, in my opinion, is more it's less edited. It's more of like a conversation with your friend, like you're FaceTiming them or like you're walking down the street and like people are, you know, they're, they're pulling up their phones and like, it's just very, it's a lot less edited content than what you would mm-hmm. see on Instagram even right now. But we're starting to see that kind of trickle into Instagram a lot more is that more just, I don't want to say more authentic, but kind of more authentic type of content. Also Mm -hmm. like the B roll type of content where it's like just behind the scenes of what you're doing, add some text over the top of it. That's super, super popular. And I think that that's going to be a thing that continues to grow in popularity because I think people are realizing that they don't have to spend hours and hours and hours creating this, you know, these pieces of content when in reality they can just film something that they're already doing, slap some text over it. And it's still highly valuable and also Mm -hmm. really high quality content too, at the end of the day. So I think that that's something that we're definitely going to continue seeing grow in 2023. But I think that another thing as well is that, because there has been a rebalancing in the algorithm with reels and picture content, I think that we're going to see a lot more people have more of a balance on their Instagram account versus just all reels. And so is that to say that there's no power in reels anymore and that you can't grow from them? Definitely not the case. But I think that people are going to take a step back from like the basically the, the reels are all the shiz type of vibe and like mm-hmm. really come back to like the picture type of content. And I think that that's really, really powerful because for a hot second there, Instagram kind of lost its un- uniqueness and did become basically exactly like TikTok. And so yeah. I think that there's going to, as creators, we're coming back to like the uniqueness of Instagram and like the picture type of content, which I think is really, really cool. So mm-hmm. that's what I would say are a few, few different things. Yeah, no, I really like all of that. Um, Specifically when it comes to like carousel posts, I've noticed that like carousel posts do have a lot of power. And I think like you said, it kind of happened when Instagram realized that they were being too much like TikTok and kind of listened to users. And like recently I've been feeling like my carousel posts do get a lot of reach and a lot of interaction and reaching people that don't follow me, which I feel like used to be rare with my carousel posts, but now it's like pretty consistent. Um, So I definitely think like whoever's listening, specifically photographers, like don't give up on those carousel posts. And I really like what you said about not having to post every single day, but focusing a little bit more on a little less daily, but more, it's going to be more quality at that point too. Like you're not just going to post whatever as often as you can. It's going to be a little bit more intentional, which is good because ultimately the better the content, the better it's going to perform. Um, so I think that's a good kind of like base for Instagram is like, you know, those three reels a week, maybe like one or two carousels a week and like, don't overdo it because like you don't need to at this point. Yeah. And I think people ask me this all the time. They're like, well, how often should I be posting on Instagram? You know, how many reels should I post per week? There's no perfect answer to this. And I just want to share a very extreme other end of the spectrum. So I have someone that I follow on Instagram. I call her my IG friend. We've never actually met in person, but we chat all the time. And she did an experiment in January where for 30 days, she posted five times a day on Instagram. And a lot of it was repurposed content. Some of it was content that was new, but a lot of it was the repurposed content and also the B-roll type of content where it's not taking up a bunch of her time and energy. But at the end of the day, again, this is a very extreme end. I'm not saying this is best for everyone, but I want to give you a different scenario. So she shared her results after that 30-day period, and she had grown like 30,000 followers from doing that. And enrollment inside of her offers had tripled. So she was making triple the amount of money from doing that. And again, is that to say that that is what you need to do in order to grow on Instagram? Definitely not the case. Because like for me, for example, I went from posting more to actually posting less. And I that actually helped my business and it helped my Instagram following. So it just goes to show that like there's no one perfect way at the end of the day. And what I would say is like if you are in a place where you are feeling stagnant, try something new, not just in terms of content, but even mm-hmm. in even the amount of content that you are posting, just try something new. If you're like, you know what, 
I'm posting three times a week. I feel very stagnant. Maybe try posting six times a week and see how that goes. And it's not to say like, oh, post six times a week for one week and see how that goes. It's like, give yourself enough time to see results. And hopefully the reason why I share my my whole journey with my growth with the 30 day, 60 day, 90 day real challenge is to show you that like, it does take time to grow on Instagram, mm-hmm. but really just like the biggest question that I would ask yourself is what is my ultimate goal with Instagram? Like is the ultimate goal to have a million followers or is the ultimate goal to have enough followers that you can grow your business to the income that you want to grow it to? Because yes, Mm -hmm. if you have a million followers, could that potentially mean that you're making a lot of money? Yes. But I also know so many people who come to me and they're like, Hey, how do I make money on Instagram? And I'm like, this is interesting. You have like 300,000 followers or you have 500,000 followers and you're not monetizing your Instagram account. So Mm -hmm. it's not to say that more followers means that you're now suddenly just going to make so much money. It's like there, there is a business that you have to grow. It's not just more followers equals more money. Can it be? Yes, 100%. But I also know of people who have less than 10,000 followers on Instagram who make multi six figures and seven figures. So Mm -hmm. I think just really asking yourself, like, what is the purpose behind this? The purpose, in my personal opinion, is to make an impact, to build credibility and to get visibility so that you can grow your business. And you can do that without having to post five times a day or without having to go go viral on Instagram or without having to have, you know, 100,000 followers. Do those things help? Yes, 100%. But what is your focus at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. So you mentioned monetizing from Instagram. How would you suggest that someone does that? Like kind of explain what you mean by that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's Instagram is so cool. There are just millions of millions of different ways that you can monetize. I mean, if you can think it, it can probably be monetized in some sort of way. <laughs> when I say monetize though, it's not even necessarily like, I think a lot of people think, Oh, like monetizing Instagram is like, reels bonuses or subscriptions on Instagram. Is that one way that you can monetize Instagram? Yeah, 100%. But most of the money that I make isn't from Instagram. And so I think a lot of times people are like, oh, like monetize Instagram, you're making $100,000 from Instagram, like they're paying you. I wish I wish that they were paying me. But that's just not how it works. I actually make a very, very small percentage of money um, in terms of my overall income from Mm -hmm. like, platforms like Instagram. Um, I actually made more last year from Pinterest and like the Pinterest bonuses than I even made from Instagram, like monetizing specifically on the platform. So anyways, that's a, that's a whole nother topic. But when I say monetizing there, there are so many different ways. I mean, you can do UGC content, you can do brand partnerships, you can do affiliate marketing, you can have courses, one-on-one coaching, you can do guest trainings. Um, you can do social media management, Pinterest management. You can be a virtual assistant. Um, you can be a, um, like a a food photographer. You can be a photographer. The biggest thing when I say Instagram monetization is that you're utilizing the platform that you've grown on Instagram to drive traffic to your business so that you can make money from it. That is the biggest thing. It's not necessarily like, oh, I'm making money directly from Instagram. They are paying me. Can that be one way? Yes, 100%. But it's really utilizing what you've built and the time and energy that you've spent on Instagram to then have like positive growth in your business, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, you have to set up um, a product or service or something that's available for purchase. And then your content on Instagram needs to be priming your customer to make that purchase, whether it's, you know, a photography wedding package or, you know, coaching or whatever it is, like your content has to always kind of like be prepping and like, be on that topic. So then if someone's like interested in working with you or wants to buy something from you, they're basically ready to go because of the content that you've created. Yeah, for sure. Your content is basically like a glimpse of what, what you offer inside of, um, whatever it is that you're offering a product or a a service. And I think that that's, that's a whole conversation too, of like, you know, you're, you want your Instagram account to really reflect the quality of whatever it is that you are selling. Um, And so that means that like there needs to be quality there in terms of like your visuals, you know, the reels, they need to be clear. Um, You need to 
you need to have clarity inside of your messaging. Like there needs to be branding in there. Like, does that mean you have to have like the perfect aesthetic? No, not necessarily, but there needs to be an, a visual appeal because as consumers, we make like basic, basically like instantaneous decisions subconsciously of whether or not we're going to trust a brand or a business based on their social media account. And so you really want to make sure that like people talk about this all the time, but like you want to make sure that you do pass that like seven second test because it's not just like getting them to hit the follow button, but it's also getting them to then feel confident in making a purchase from your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like that. It's all about first impressions, right? I feel yeah. like Instagram is just one big first impression, you know, like your grid, your videos, your story, like people are going to stalk you in your business and like, you have to be ready for that. Your content's got to be ready. Yeah. You know? Um, cool. So, um, I guess I wanted to ask you a little bit about like Instagram myths. Um, because I, a lot of people like, blame Instagram or like, I I just feel like there are different like things that people say about Instagram that aren't necessarily true. Yeah. So are there any like myths or or things that you're like, like this doesn't actually impact your Instagram um, that you can think of? Ooh, man, there's like 5 million of them that I can think of. I get asked questions like on the daily in my direct messages, like, is this true? Or I saw, I saw this over here or someone said this and I'm like, where, where, where are people even getting these things? Like, I honestly don't even know. I would say that the biggest myth is that the algorithm. Okay. How do I explain this? The algorithm is always changing. It is always changing. There's multiple algorithms. There's algorithms for different content formats. Like there's a reels algorithm. There's a story algorithm. There's an explore page algorithm. There's different algorithms. That being said, I think that where this myth comes in is that people think that the algorithm changes like drastically. Like they'll be like, they'll message me and they'll be like, my reach is down. What has happened with the algorithm? And I'm like, I mean, the algorithm's always changing, but there hasn't been anything like big that has happened. And so I actually looked back um, inside of my membership and I, I put a post inside of my membership for 2022. And I looked back on the year of 2022 at all of like the big changes that happened in the algorithm. There was like, I can't remember exactly, but I think there was only like six or seven like big changes that happened in the algorithm. Whereas like people think that like there are big changes that happen like on a week to week basis when that's not really the case. Is that to say that like, you know, if your reach is down, could it potentially be the algorithm? I mean, yes, it potentially could be, but most of the time it is just the fact that like you need to switch up your strategy and you need to try something new. So Mm -hmm. I think that that's like the biggest thing that I hear is like, what's wrong with the algorithm? Is the algorithm down? The algorithm hates me. And it's like, that's the algorithm is literally designed to show our content to other people. Like it's designed to help us as content creators, even though it doesn't always seem like that, that is the case. And like, yes, there are little changes happening, but if you're sitting there trying to keep up with like every little thing that happens in the, in the Instagram algorithm, it's like, it's not worth your time and energy. Um, I mean, is that what I do for a job so that other people don't have to do that? Yeah. 110%, but it takes up a lot of time and energy to do that. And so ultimately though, at the end of the day, like no matter what really happens on Instagram, you can always come back to like the main things that are helpful, creating quality content, making sure you've niched down, making sure there's clarity in your messaging, knowing who you're speaking to on social media, you know, like having an actual social media strategy. Like those are the main things to focus on. Also, I would say having a brand. Um, Those are like the main things that like, no matter what happens on Instagram, those are going to be most likely the most important things that you need to know about Instagram. So if that is Mm -hmm. what your focus is, like that's what's going to help you to grow. So I'd say that that's like the biggest myth. Um, Other myths that I hear that yeah other myths that I hear are like if I edit my caption you know after posting like does this affect my growth like no it doesn't affect your growth um or I'm trying to think what else gosh there's just like five million things I'm trying to think of like big things that I've been asked recently are there any things that you're questioning well I just thought of one what about like 
sharing a reel to your feed versus just sharing it to the reels page? Ooh, that's a good one. So I wouldn't say this is necessarily a myth, but I guess there could be myths that pop up around this. When it comes to sharing a reel to your feed, what happens in terms of the algorithm is your reel is shown, if you post it to your feed, your reel is shown to those who follow you first. If your followers engage with that, like, comment, save, share, and how quickly they engage with that, it's going to tell the algorithm either a positive signal or a negative signal. If people are engaging, engaging quickly, it tells the algorithm, hey, people like this. The algorithm is then going to say, if her or his audience likes this reel, other people are more likely to also like it, right? And so then the algorithm says, I'm going to share this with other people. And that's how you then end up on like the explore page or on the reels tab that you're scrolling through. So that's what happens when you post a reel to your feed. If you post your reel to your feed and a lot of people aren't engaging with it, is that to say that you couldn't potentially end up on the explore page or the reels tab? No, I have seen people end up there and they don't have a ton of engagement, but it's a lot harder to end up there. So if you post a reel just to the reels tab though, what happens is the algorithm mainly shows it to people who are non-followers and it's going to show it to a smaller group. If that smaller group engages with it, then the algorithm says these people like it. Again, I'm going to show it to a larger group. What happens though, what I often see, this isn't the case necessarily for everyone because again, there's so many different factors that play into Instagram and different accounts, different niches, all sorts of things. But what I see oftentimes when people post their reel only to the reels tab is it is shown to that small group and that smaller group doesn't engage with it. And so that real basically just dies off. Um, is that the case all the time though? No, not the case all the time. I know of people who have direct messaged me and they're like, I post my reels to the reels tab and you know, I gained 5 million followers, (laughs) not 5 million, but like I've gained, you know, lots of followers from it. And like it went viral and I'm like, that's awesome. But that's not the case for I would say most people. And I've done a lot of experimenting with this. Like I've posted reels, the exact same reel to my feed versus the reels tab. I posted a bunch of reels. I actually did experiment with this. I think it was like middle of November to middle of December where I was posting a bunch of reels to just the reels tab. And most of them uh, never even reached over like 10,000 views, which for me is like most of the time I reach 10,000 views within the first few minutes of posting my reels to my, uh, to the feed. And so I, I've done a bunch of experimenting with it. And if you're questioning it, I would say do some experimenting and don't just take my word for it. I always recommend testing it out for yourself at the end of the day. One thing I would say though, is that because when you post a reel to just the reels tab, it is reaching, mainly non-followers. There will be a few followers if you look in your insights that do see it, but mainly non-followers. If you are struggling to reach new eyes and give visibility in terms of new eyes on your Instagram account, it might be a great thing to experiment with just for a little bit of time because it does reach a lot of non-followers. And that is something I've actually been hearing pretty recently on Instagram is, you know, I'm posting these reels and these reels are, you know, they're getting a decent amount of views or even good amount of views, but it's only reaching my followers, which is like, it's kind of hard. Cause it's like, of course that's great because you want to serve your community and you want to make sure that they are taken care of because they're the ones that are following you. But at the same time, like you do want that new eye on your, your new eyes on your account. So you do want that non-follower reach. And it's not to say that like, again, with your feed, you can't reach non-followers. But if you are seeing that right now, maybe experiment with maybe posting one reel to just the reels tab and see how that goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I that's very, very interesting. I feel like if you're gonna post a reel, just for the reels page and not to your followers, like, it needs to be content that non-followers are going to engage with. So it needs to like, you know, either be like introductory or like your best content. I have like specific topics that I talk about or specific intros that I do that I know hit really well with people that don't follow me. So if you are listening and you're like, Oh, I want to try that. Just make sure that the content is good for non-followers because if it's not, then you literally are just going to be wasting your time. So just, yes, let's keep that in mind. But I do really like that idea. And it would be interesting to mess around with just like the different feeds and stuff. I personally post all of my stuff to my feed first 
and then apparently it goes to the reels page. I honestly yeah. didn't even know it made a difference. But now that I know that, I'm like, wait, I might mess around. I don't know. Yeah. And I would say too, like I, during that whole period of me, like experimenting with posting a few reels to just the reels tab on like a weekly basis, I did have one that did go viral and it reached 1.5 million people. And most of that reach was actually non-followers. That being said though, that content versus all the other pieces of content that I did post to just the reels tab was very different. So it was a very different piece of content. And like you were saying, it was more general versus like very, very, very specific, because if it is very, very specific, that's great for your audience, right? Like you've already attracted them, but it's very, if it's very specific and it's being shown to this small group of followers, I don't know exactly how it works inside of the algorithm. I would assume that the algorithm at least tries to push it out to people who would like might be interested. That being said though, you might have people in that audience in that small group who are not interested at all in like this very niche type of topic. And so when they're not engaging with it, the algorithm's not going to then push it out to more people. So I would say more general type of content for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Okay. Look at, look at me learning new things. Look at you <laughs> teaching me new things. It's great. Um, okay. So I wanted to do a little thing where we basically, I ask you if this is a social media mistake or not. So, um, just tell me like, if you think this is a mistake or if it's not and kind of why. Um, so I wrote out a few different things. Um, first is posting on every platform daily mistake or no. If you don't have a team of people or if you're not repurposing content, I would say mistake. Like if you're trying to create new content for every single one of those platforms and you don't have a team of people who are necessarily helping you. And by team, I mean, that could even be like one or two other people. It doesn't have to be like 10 Mm -hmm. people. Um, But I would say that that is a mistake because if you are a business owner, which I'm assuming that most people listening to this are business owners, you want to grow your business. And it's like, if you're posting content on every single platform every single day it's like how much time do you really have at the end of the day like unless you're like unless you can create content in like literally five minutes for all those platforms which in that case like please hit up my dms and like tell me how you're doing that like especially if it's high quality content um that being said though most people that's going to take up like I would say at least an hour or two every single day and it's like do you have that time to do that or like Mm -hmm. In my personal opinion, that time would be better spent like elsewhere. And so I would say mistake, but also not a mistake, depending on the support that you have and depending on the content that you're posting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that goes back to, to what you said earlier about like, yes, it's good to like invest a bunch of time into social media, but if you don't have spent time in your business as well and like work on your business, you can actually make money from social media. Like what's the point? And it kind of feels like if you're spending so much time on social media, you're not going to have any time to really work on the things that are going to help you make money from that in your business. So like, yeah. yeah. And I've kind of seen it both ways too, where someone's like, Oh, I'm just going to grow my social media following and then I'll monetize. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but it's like, once you've hit a hundred K it's like, it's a total different ball game. Like introducing products or services like once you've grown your following versus like having those along the way to make money along the way in my personal opinion it's like I would rather do both at the same time and maybe not do both like to full capacity but be able to have at least some money coming in as I build my following because then it makes it worth it at the end of the day like when you are spending so much time creating the content and I would also say to that too I've I've even seen people who have a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand followers and then they're like oh I'm now going to start making money and it's like I've seen people really struggle when they introduce Mm -hmm. these products because they're so, their community is so used to just getting free, 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 free. Then when you introduce this paid, it, it, there's like this whole adjustment period that they have to go through where they really have to build almost like build trust again with their audience of like why it's like why their product or service is awesome. Is that the case for everyone? No, but that is another factor to think about. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, okay. So my next mistake or not mistake is, um, consistently posting videos that get really low views. So like consistently posting videos that get like 200 views. 
I would say mistake for sure. And consistency, it depends on what that word means. Like for me, it's like when I think, oh, if consistently posting videos that get 200 views, I would say consistency to me is like, you've been at it for a few months now and they're still getting those low views. I would say Mm -hmm. there needs to be something that's switched. Like that, that shouldn't be happening if you're at it for a few months. Um, if it, if it was like your first few weeks or maybe even your first month, I would say, yeah, like keep at it. But if you're like a few months into it and like nothing has really changed, then I would say something needs to be shifted there. Okay, cool. And if, if someone let's say is in this low, like 200 range or whatever, but then they get one that's like, you know, 7,000 views or whatever. And then it goes right back to 200. Like, do you still think that something needs to change or is that like jump considered a change if there's like one or two outliers? Yeah. Good question. I would say I personally wouldn't consider that jump a change, but I would definitely heavily, heavily, heavily look into those outliers to see why they are outliers. Most of the time, if you're looking at your insights, you're going to get data that can really help you to pivot your strategy moving forward. And I think a lot of times we just think, oh, like I'm looking at my data and most people are like just looking at the amount of views that they get on their reels. And I'm like, that's not really looking at your data. I'm talking like, like for example, if someone did get a a 7,000 view reel versus most of theirs were 200, I'm going to be looking at what is the hook? What is the content? What was the the audio that I used in the background? What was my call to action? What was my caption? How many non-followers did this reach? Did I post this at a different time of day? Did I post this on a specific day? Did, did Were there a lot of people who shared this to their story? And that's why I did get a lot of reach. Like I'm looking at like all like the nitty gritty side of things versus just like, oh yeah, I got 7,000 views. And it was because, you know, this was my hook. It's like, you don't really know that. And then I would take that data and I would experiment with different things in there. Okay. That's good. I like that. Okay. Next thing is posting only about your business. Definitely mistake because let's see, how do I, I saw a quote the other day and I'm totally going to botch it, but basically like people People aren't on your Instagram account to support your business. Like they are there for themselves at the end of the day. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is what they said. Your followers do not owe you anything. They don't. They really don't owe you anything. If people end up purchasing from your business, it's just a benefit. And like, obviously, is that to say that like you can't build a following and build a strong business? No, that's not at all what I'm saying. But like, I think a lot of people think that like, their followers owe them something like, Oh, I've given you all this free content. Like you owe me now to support my business. And it's like, that's not how Instagram or social media works. So Mm -hmm. I would say if you're only focusing on your business, you're kind of missing out on the people who are there for themselves, which is most people are there for themselves. Like, of -hmm. course, like your mom and your grandma and your aunt are going to support you if you're just posting about your business, but it's like, how many other people are, are supporting you? And I would say to that as well, your content on Instagram is, it's a glimpse. It is a sneak peek at what people can get inside of your business. So if you're not getting them that sneak peek in some sort of way, you're not building that trust with them. Um, you're, you're not building that no like and trust factor. You're not building your credibility. So it's going to be really hard to grow your business because people mm-hmm. want they want the free information. And something I always say as well is like, even if you are like, you see, I see a lot of people who are posting on Instagram and they're like, well, you know, why aren't these people actually following me? Like, you know, I'm getting good views on Instagram or, you know, I think that my content's really solid, but like no one's sticking around. Why is that? What I would say is most people aren't giving something in, in their content that is tangible, that people can take away, that they can implement, and that they can have a quick win from. There's so much power in that because when someone sees a piece of content, let's, let me just give an example of one of my recent pieces of content. I posted uh, a tutorial on like basically how you can record without utilizing your hand. So it's like voice re- voice commands and it says like on and off and it like taps your phone for you without you even having to do anything. And it it's tangible, right? So someone yeah. can watch that reel, they can implement it and they're like, this is amazing. 
now they have more trust with me because they have that quick win from something that they can implement. And this is going to look different for every business, right? So like if you're a photographer, for example, maybe that quick win is like posting a reel of different locations that people, you know, can really visualize of like, this is like, do you want to take, uh, you know, your, engagements in a field or do you want to take them inside of like the Capitol building or do you want to take them like on a downtown street and it's like you really help them to visualize that so they have that quick win of like I know exactly where I want my engagement photos taken now because you've helped me to visualize that so again that that tangible thing that people can implement is going to be so different for every single um every single niche and business. But the reason why I say this is because if your content is only focused on your business, you're missing out on this opportunity to really build trust and give them that quick win to uh, then get them really hooked on your business. And then they're going to want to purchase from you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I like that quick win. Like you don't have to like literally share like exactly like you don't have to give people this information that's like you know, worth thousands of dollars to you. It took you so long to learn. Yeah. Like you can just share something that's quick, like might seem simple to you, but maybe isn't simple to other people. Yeah. Um, and like that will provide value to people. That's really good. Wow. (laughs) Giving you a little applause. I literally love this. Thank you. Um, the last mistake or not mistake is, so this would be for both platforms. Um, so posting three to five times daily on TikTok or three to five times daily on reels are either of those mistakes? I say yes. I, I'm just going to straight up say it's, it's a mistake because the focus, at least in my opinion, especially as a business owner, shouldn't just be go viral, go viral, go viral, gain followers, gain followers. Does that help? Yes. But I think that the... I think that oftentimes as entrepreneurs, and I totally fell into this trap myself, we just don't, sometimes we don't think long-term. We're just like, oh, we're in this for the now. And it's like, are you actually in this as a business owner for the long run? Like ask yourself that, like, are you actually in this for the long run? If the answer is yes, then like, what is the rush? Like, why do we need to post three to five times a day? Like, There's no rush and like getting to that next level. You will get there. I promise you through consistency, but oftentimes in the rush of things, because people are so focused on the go viral, go viral, go viral. What ends up happening is burnout. They end up burning out. And it's like, Mm -hmm. at that point, most of the burnout that I've seen from people, they then drop off the face of the earth because they can't take it anymore. And it's like, that's not helpful for you at the end of the day. So I think Mm -hmm. just really asking yourself that honest question of like, am I in this for the long run? If I am, then what is sustainable for me for the long run versus just Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to be focused on the next one month of, you know, it's like long-term, what is that? What is the vision of your business? And how can you make sure that like what you were doing, the tasks that you're doing inside of your business aligns with being in your business long-term? Yeah. That's good. That's a good answer. Because I feel like right now I'm hearing a lot of like specifically on TikTok, like you need to be posting like, you know, six times a day. And like, obviously, like that takes a lot of time. And that's like a lot of work. Um, And so that's kind of a good reminder that like, you might be hearing one thing, but like, truly take a minute and evaluate like is that strategy right for my business yeah it's right for some people's businesses like you know if you're trying to be an influencer or like a public figure or like you know where basically everything's gonna come from social media like yeah then yeah that might be literally like your job the entire day yeah but like for a lot of people that's not your job the whole day is to post tiktoks your job is to you know edit photos and communicate with clients and do calls and stuff like that. So like, yeah, yeah. Don't get caught up in just the like, Oh, this is going to benefit me this month. Like long-term, is it actually going to benefit you or is it just kind of a time suck or a procrastination piece as well? Cause I do know a lot of people who will be like, Oh, I want to post six TikToks today, but they have 20 emails that they need to answer. Yeah. But instead they're posting TikToks, you know? Yeah. And I think so. a lot of times people think that, 
posting content is an income producing activity. And like, they're like, Oh, well I'm, I'm posting on Instagram. Like, why isn't my business growing? And I'm, or I'm posting six times on TikTok. Like, why isn't my business growing? It's like, unless you're posting a video that like leads someone into one of your offers, or there's some sort of like call to action there, like that is not an income producing activity. Does that mean it's not important? No, that's not at all what I'm saying. But it's like, again, responding to emails that are inquiries that are going to get you customers or clients, that is an income producing activity. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. you got to think about like, where is your focus at the end of the day? Do you need to do some income or some non-income producing activities because they lead to income producing activities? Yeah. 100% content creation is so important, but like, what is your focus at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. That's good. Oh my gosh. Yay. I love that. So this has been a really good episode. Um, thank you so much for coming on as a guest. I would love for you to tell everyone where they can find and follow you and, you know, learn from you, give them all the details. All right. So I am at Maya Nicole on Instagram. I'm at Maya.Nicole on TikTok. My website is Maya Nicole. So you can find me Maya Nicole basically everywhere. (laughs) Perfect. And uh, everything will be linked in the description of the episode too. um, In case anyone just like wants to go and click on it right away. So cool. Well, thank you so much for having, for having me. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. You're very welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for coming on today's episode. I really appreciate it. And and I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity. The wisdom rushing in. So much clearer a little bit higher With every step I take I'm getting good Getting a little bit better